Hi, Steve Arterburn here, and welcome to the New Life Live podcast. We hope to provide help and hope in your life through God's Word, counselors, and psychologists as we answer questions from listeners who call with the challenges of life. Let's go to today's episode. Hello, everybody. We're so glad that you joined us today. However, you are listening. We know that we we have listeners from all over the place and in all different ways, but we're glad that you are here with us. And today we are taking calls at 1-800-229-3000. And I am joined by Jim Burns and Dr. Jill Hubbard. And, you know, I love the wisdom that everyone brings here to the program. And today we're going to hear from Jill. I know you've got some stuff on your mind. What would you like to share with us? Hi, guys. Um, Well, I thought we would talk a little bit about attachment and substance use disorder. So substance use disorder is the newer diagnostic term for the whole range of abuse, addiction, from mild to severe. Okay, so um, I was reading an article and kind of the thrust of it is not something that is unknown to us, but that they were making the case for the fact that insecure attachment is a risk factor for substance use disorder. Okay, so that that makes sense. It doesn't mean that everybody who has an insecure attachment develops some form of addiction, but people with addictions do have those insecurities. So let me also just say that insecure attachment, I think we all, you know, none of us have 100% secure attachment. But even when we start off well, there are things that interrupt the attachment cycle, right, that can happen. There's divorce, there's deaths, there's incidents that happen that can take us off kilter. And so we often in those times search for things. Um, And so... One one of the things, kids that often, and often you find this in adolescents, right, that when you have an adolescent that is using substances, one of the things is to kind of, we want to peel back the layers. Like first, we were talking um, a week ago about having to address behavior. When behavior is out of control, you have to address behavior. But we are also talking about how you have to peel back the layers, and mm-hmm. usually at the core of What's going on with any of us are issues starting with our attachment. How connected are we? And people who get involved with substances are often highly avoidant, right? They hide and they become more attached to the substance than comfort received from people. And so there's, you know, as a therapist, we kind of have to hold all the parts of a person. Mm -hmm. And so we're dealing with this acting out behavior and what's taking on a life of its own. But we also have to look at, okay, how do we connect with this person? And what were their original connections like? And what are their current connections like? And how is this acting out also contributing to an insecure attachment, right? It's reinforcing it. And it's, it's disrupting relationship and how the healing, just like Jesus's example, healing takes place in relationship. Yeah, I love that, Jill. And I think about so many people who struggle with substance abuse mm-hmm. who have used the substance to nurture that thing right. that wasn't met yes. when they were younger. And mm-hmm. yet what happens in so many times um, when we're doing treatment recovery, we're not looking at that. No. And it's such a powerful part of recovery mm-hmm. because it's not just stop using whatever you're using. It's literally going to take 
a lot of different parts, but it's it's worth doing, mm-hmm. right? It's Absolutely. worth doing. I love also that that just that concept that Jesus brought it into relationship because yeah. that's where we can find that connection. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where the power of groups, the power of 12 step is in the relationships, really. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm so grateful that you brought that to mind. You know, if you're struggling with something like that, we have been telling people about recovery forever because we know that there is hope and healing and uh, we want to help you with that. We're going to take a break. We're going to go to the calls right after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Well, hello. We are back. And and I told you that Jill is so smart. And, and, you know, one of the things that you said, Jill, that I think that is that's got to get out into the world. You know, we are trying to change the language from referring to people as addicts, you know, that, you know, that that's not who they are. And I've always said this, you know, we're first and foremost, a child of God, and we, we come into this, this world and we experience all kinds of challenges. And so when we're talking about substance use disorder, it helps us kind of depersonalize well, and what's they have been going on. Redefined it as a medical mm. disorder, mm-hmm. right? And it affects you physically. It's a brain disorder, sure. right? Right. And right. it also affects well, you psychologically. Right, because so many times, and we we help families with this understanding, is that um, a lot of times this isn't a choice. Once there once there's a big problem, mm-hmm. it's it, you know because a lot of times when you're on the other end of this uh, type of behavior, we can say, you just need to stop. You just need right. to quit. Why can't you get better? And if it were only that easy, I know. Um, yeah, we wouldn't be talking well, about And that's it. why it's so important to help kids make good and right decisions. Because, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, how old are you? They were 55. They started drinking at 16. Mm-hmm. So they quit learning mm-hmm. how to cope with stress properly. So they were going off. I mean, they were they were doing working it out. But what they hadn't done was they don't know how to cope with stress. So they right. didn't. Right. They, you have to right. learn now how to how do I do it. And you have to go all the way back to when they started drinking because that's how they were coping. And that's, right. that's exactly. what they do. So good. And Start young. Like help I these said, kids make good decisions when they're adolescents. Right. Well, help them connect, yeah. right, and right. learn how to deal with their emotions yeah and it's not just getting off a drug it's no. it's connecting and you know you can do it much better when there is uh intimacy and mm-hmm. when there is a yes healthy attachment mm-hmm. yeah i agree well we're going to go to the calls we're going to connect and attach <laughs> with hope <laughs> who's calling us from Bo- broken bow nebraska listens on kj lt hello hope how can we help you today thanks for calling okay. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this resource. Um, I'm just calling to ask on some advice on, like, seeking forgiveness in a broken relationship. Um, like, the context is my uh, myself and my stepmom have had a, pretty much a broken relationship since um, we had, like, a, dis- a big disagreement um, after my husband and I we were in our engagement season and a big disagreement about planning a a shower and a lot of stuff came up and out of the, like the emotions, the upsetness from it. And we really haven't like been able or haven't really had the same relationship since then. We don't really 
talk much. We do, but it just feels very difficult to actually connect. Yeah, and, that can be um, difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, we see, I, like, we, she's with my dad still, and um, so we go see them on holidays, and they come to my husband and I, like, our children's birthdays mm-hmm. and things like that. And, you know, they still are very, like, generous with their gifting um, for presents and things. And, you know, we say, I love you, but that's, I mean, we don't stay really connected very much, you know. So I just wanted to know, like, I've been, you know, like, asking and praying the Lord about if I should even, like, bring it up again in a sense of, like, do I need to ask for more forgiveness or, like, really check in and see how they feel about the relationship or my stepmom and maybe my dad, too. And well, it, it just that's a good well, that's a good question, Hope. Yeah, Jill, go Hope, ahead. And start. It, it sounds like you want it to be different, like that you're missing yeah. the way the relationship used to be. So somebody here has to take a step for it to be any different. And typically in a family structure, and I don't know if your your mom is still around, but step yeah. she is. Okay, but stepmom is probably the lowest rung on the totem pole, maybe along with stepdad, but but stepmom in terms of not overstepping boundaries, you know, wanting to have relation but not really having a lot of power or, or say so, <clears throat> depending on the dynamics of each individual family. But so it sounds like there's hurt on her part as well as on yeah. yours. Yeah. And so yeah. when people are still hurt, yet they're participating, I think absolutely addressing it, right? Because when left just to have the incident swim in our own heads, it usually ends up growing and being worse yeah. than it actually was. And well, for, what would that look like, For Jill? you to like, maybe say, you know, maybe you write her a letter if it feels difficult to talk. But stepmom, okay. I miss our relationship the way it used to be and i want to take ownership for my part in the change you know can we talk about this like i don't know any person that wouldn't be touched by you saying i value you i value you i miss Mm -hmm. you and i i'm hoping we can work through whatever disagreement we have had um, Hope, I have a okay. question. How long has it been since the event yeah. and now? Quite a while, about uh, five years. So oh, wow. okay. my husband and I have been married five years, a little over okay. five years. Wow. Been, so. so the reason the reason and why I'm asking that is be- because now the relationship is in a different drive. Yeah. And so it may yeah. be that, yes, do what Jill's talking about, but it may be that you have to not just repair but make this a different type of relationship Mm -hmm. that you know it's very hard to uncover something that it it probably has gotten worse bigger Mm -hmm. and and both of your minds and your hearts but I love that you stayed stayed connected though I mean that says a lot yeah Mm -hmm. um but Jim what would you say to Hope about Hope it says a lot about you um that and it also says a lot about her because Mm -hmm. she's coming she's (laughs) showing up you know, and you're showing up. Yeah. 
And again, the relationship is different. And so Becky's right that, you know, it may have to change the relationship. I love when Jill says, you know, bring it up. I think you do. I, I wrote the word coffee. Let's pretend that she likes coffee. I think you ask her out for coffee. And I don't think you bring it up first thing. I think you just bring it up and say, so you know what? I've missed our times together. How are you? What's going on? I mean, honestly, you're not even bringing this thing up. And then look for that time. And it might be in the first conversation. You know, there's something I just feel like five years ago, something happened. And I, I take responsibility for my you know, part. And I just want to. I really want to have a, a different relationship because you know, again, she's kind of sort. She's she's the step grandma too um, now, and you know, yeah. there's other things. But but I would I would go after her now. Again, you may you mentioned your dad too, and you may need to bring him into it. But I would go after her with something kind of thrower. You haven't maybe invited her for coffee for five years or whatever it might be. Do they live a long distance, or is this something you could naturally do? Something doesn't have to be coffee. It's a little bit out of the way, like yeah. an hour and a half. Okay, so yeah. Like so it is. Go that way much. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. That may say something to her, even if you say, "Hey, you know what? You know, she knows you're busy. She knows you the kids and whatnot." But say, "Hey, I'd, I'd I'd love to, you know, spend a little bit of time with you." But honestly, don't jump into it if that doesn't feel comfortable to you. Bring it in naturally okay. in the conversation, but let her know that, I mean, that says a lot. And a lot of times if you just say, I want to spend time with you, that makes a difference to her because maybe she, you know, has got all kinds of things in her head from these five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, but you're yeah. showing up, she's showing up. So that's good. I think there's, uh, so with maybe, no pun intended, I think there's hope. Yes. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> engaging in a way that hope you used to, yeah. Jim, right? Yeah, right. Like, um, could, you know, even yeah. if it's, could we meet in the middle? Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and I, I, dad's going to love that, too, to mm-hmm. be honest, because dad wants the relationship to work. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I'm I'm going to be in the area for the day. Exactly. And, and make a day. Make a reason yeah. to go there. Yeah. Could well, we get and together? I want to okay. ask one more question, Hope. Because of the time frame of life that you're in with raising children, new marriage, yeah, is that all practical? that. Well, that and has there been a delay because of that? Like, is this something that's been kind of gnawing at you, but there just hasn't been time or space? Is that kind of how it's happened? Or in the early part of it, was there such disconnect that you just you were hurt or she was hurt? And so you didn't know how to connect. Um, I feel like that, yeah, like early on, it was definitely as you described, but also now too, with the time that's passed and stuff, it's, it feels like, you know, I don't know if, if it's cause you know, in my thought as like, should I open a can of worms <laughs> or should right. I try to leave it where we're kind of in a feels like maybe peace or at least, you know, we can get along while we have to be, yeah. you know, but. Well, well, but it's on your heart, and that's why I think it's worth um, exploring. You know, in recovery, we talk about uh, making amends. We make a list of the people who mm-hmm. we've harmed, and then we work through that with other people, you know, a sponsor, and then go through the list and try to make amends where it won't hurt somebody else. So this is kind of what we're talking mm-hmm. about, and that you are okay. not trying to settle a score with her, but you're literally clearing right. the air so that... Yeah. Whatever yeah. the relationship is going to be, it's going to. You're not going to have this gnawing pain yeah. of, gosh, I hate the way that that went. Yeah. yeah. Even and, asking the question, do I have? Do we have any unfinished business? 
Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's a great phrase because you may be surprised. You may go, you know, no, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm good. I, I love the kids. I love you, you know, on and on. And then right. carry on. And you may hear some other stuff. It doesn't have to be your unfinished business on the same conversation. Just take it. Just, you know, you're the catcher. This is, you know, here is the baseball illustration, but the catcher just mm-hmm. receives the pitch. So you may have to receive that yeah. pitch. You'll have your time, of course. But at that point, you know, is there you know, some unfinished business that we need to mm-hmm. talk through? And you don't even have to go with great details or even bring up five years ago. You know, I, I'm, I'm on a – I just want to have as little unfinished business with lots of people. Yeah. And uh, that's why we're having coffee. Well, well, and again, whenever you express that you value a person yeah. through your words and your actions, it does tend to soften their hearts. And I can tell you, Hope, I have worked with parents and I've worked with the same – you know, configuration where dad and stepmom are at a loss, right? And they want to reconnect Mm -hmm. and would love to have, you know, a a child reach back out, right? And and say, okay, let's talk. I think this is going to work. Yeah. I do. Yeah. You may be more surprised. I mean, she might be a little guarded, but just lean in and lean in with love. Well, and to that point, um, I think a lot of times when we're repairing relationships, we have to be ready for it may not be what we're expecting. Sure. Like she, like you said, Jim, mm-hmm. she may just say, I haven't thought another thing about it. I'm glad that you, you know, reached out to me so that you don't struggle with it anymore. But, you know, it may not even be in her mind. Or she might time, have a whole list of grievances. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> right? Jill. <laughs> Sorry. I just don't want you to right, right. hop in the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think um, whenever we have, um, when, we, when we talk about uh, reconnecting or making amends or however that goes, we have to be open to mm-hmm. whatever the relationship will look like post-reconnection because it isn't going to be... Okay. All, a lot right. of times we, we yeah. hear this with um, people who have found their birth parents after mm-hmm. um, experiencing adoption, and they have this thing in their mind about what that relationship is going to be like. Oh, you know, when I we're going to yeah. be so close. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you might not be. And so you might <laughs> need to kind of measure that expectation. And I, But I want to just mm-hmm. reaffirm you, Hope, that I yeah. love that you've been praying about yeah. it. I love that this is your intention. And no matter what her response will be, that speaks volumes of your character. And um, we're going to be praying for what that next step will be, however that um, will go for you. Um, I'm trying to think of a a good book that I would refer. Go ahead, Jill. Oh, sorry. I had a verse. So Romans Romans 12, 18 is one of my favorites. As far as it depends on you, be at peace with one another. Mm, So take care of your side of things. I love that. Well, we'll come back with a book. That's a great verse. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good plan. Or I was thinking take your life back might be a good one too, because it is all about your side of the street. Okay. We're so grateful that you called Hope. We'll be praying for the situation. Can't wait to see how um, it works out for you. And we will have hope for a good resolve in this because we want families to be connected and have healthy relationships. We'll be right back after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You know, we are 
always grateful to hear from you. And we take calls from all over the place with all kinds of situations. And New Life has been doing this for a long time, 35 years of helping people and uh, in ways that, uh, whether it's a phone call to the radio program or an intensive. We've got our Restore Intensive that's coming up to help women who is who have experienced sexual betrayal and uh, the healing process. And it's just such a powerful intensive. We want you to take this next step for your own healing if you've experienced betrayal in your relationship. We uh, love to hear some of the classic calls from Steve and uh, former co-hosts. And we're going to go to one right now. Um, go ahead, Terry. Roll that. All right, let's jump over here and uh, go to Paul. Paul from Washington, D.C. Hey, Paul, how are you? Good. How are you, Steve? Good. What's going on with you today? Well, um, I was just calling. I was um, calling because my father is an active alcoholic, and I was kind of wondering uh, how to get him into treatment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Your father lives where as opposed to you? He lives in Texas, um, actually within walking distance of my sister. Okay. And uh, is she close to him? Are you close to him? Uh, yeah, I would, say, I would say we're both close to him. Mm-hmm. So have you thought about the two of you? Who else is close to him? Um, my aunt and uncle, but okay. they're uh, very far away from him. They're All in right. New York and New Mexico. Well, so many people, when they're in an impossible situation with an alcoholic, you know, they, they get an interventionist. They get an interventionist. And uh, the people that are far away fly in, and then you and your sister, and you sit down with him. It's a pretty powerful emotional time, but uh, these specialists know how to turn an impossible situation into the beginning of total change and healing and it's really an amazing, uh, amazing concept. Have you thought about that? I haven't because he's almost 75 years old. Well, and that means it'll be a little bit easier when you all present it and he sees the reality and says, okay, and you've already worked out what he's supposed to do after that. So, oh, all right. You know, he's, yeah. he might have another 10 years, 15 years to live, and uh, it'd be great if you could help him get free of that. Hey, hey, Paul, can I ask you a question? Sure. What have you guys tried so far that has not worked? Well, I, I, I think what we've tried is I've talked to him and said, you know, you should really deal with this. Um, I've also told him, because I think he's also depressed. Yeah. So I've told him, um, at first I, I told him get treatment for the alcoholism. But then later I thought it's kind of a... a, a, a and another approach would be get him to get treatment for depression, and then hopefully somebody would pick up on that, and they could treat his uh, the alcoholism. Okay, was he open to getting treatment? No, no, he wasn't. Okay, then then I think what you've probably got to do is you've got to tie, uh, you know, the way that you're interfacing with him and the relationship and the power and the leverage of those relationships into the demand that he gets some help, both medically and, you know, and for the, the, the alcohol. And generally, when people have been talking to a family member and nothing is happening, Steve is exactly right that, that the family is so 
kind of, um, and I do not mean this in the negative sense of the term, but the family's ineffective mm-hmm. in getting any results. What I mean by ineffective is, is the family, for whatever reason, is not bringing about the effect in the message that needs to get there. But here's the paradox. The family does have the power to do that if they knew how to do it that would bring about the effect. So it's not that you're powerless. It's just that the methods are not bringing around the effect. And and a good interventionist sits down with you and the other family members that have power. And what they do is they they listen and they figure out what the points of entry are. They figure out where the leverage is. They figure out what the, the outcomes are, what the downsides are, what the risks are, what the resources are, what, you know, and all of this. And what they do is they construct a playbook. And they've done this thousands of times before. And so that's why you really want to get an addiction, you know, guru to yep. do this with you and coach you so you won't spend the power of the family in an ineffectual way. All right, now I, uh, I'm going to put you in touch with our folks at the New Life Recovery Center in Florida. They have interventionists, and, you know, some of these people have a 100% success rate. Wow. So that's what we want to see happen. So hold on. Anybody else, if you're sitting there and you, you know, you, you're saying, well, my situation is impossible. This person will not do anything. There are people that have spent their life committed to helping people who will not do anything. The Bible says, hold back those staggering toward the slaughter. That's what this means. Intervene. Do something. Don't not do nothing. It's kind of what I like to say, since I have very poor grammar. All right, hold on. I'm going to send you uh, a copy of, well, what would be a good copy? Maybe Boundaries would be a good Yeah, Yeah, okay. I think, you know, ultimately what the person has to hear is, we are here for you. We are going to help you. But we are only going to help you and be here for you if you decide to come to the light. Yeah. That's the bottom line. All right. I'm glad you called. I'm glad they called, too, because we're still learning all these years later. And if you do feel stuck, if you feel like Paul, where, you know, he feels like they've tried everything and maybe it's too late, it's not too late. If you're breathing, there's still hope. And uh, we want to help you along that journey. You can call us, 1-800-NEW-LIFE, or you can go to newlife.com and just get curious. There's always hope. We'll be right back after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call one 800 new life now if you're new to us we drop an episode every weekday we would love it if you would rate or write a review which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are so grateful that you joined us, and uh, we got some calls that we're going to go to. I just want to um, just make a mention. Um, if you're not sure that every man's battle 
intensive is for you, you could go and take a short quiz at newlife.com and maybe begin your new life of freedom. We would love for you uh, to to make that uh, decision and change not only your life, but those of the folks that are around you. It really does make a difference. Now we're going to go to the calls and we're going to talk with Nikki, who's calling us from Omaha and listens on the podcast. You can too. You can download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's free and we'd love for you to join us there. Hi, Nikki. How can we help you today? Um, yes, I was calling in. I just feeling really stuck in life and, um, Things seem to be getting worse, not better. Uh, I've been uh, um, in a relationship for about eight years now, just dating. Um, he drinks heavily. Um, I'm also a recovering addict. I see all the signs there that uh, I'm in over my head with that. And I have a 14-year-old son at home still, and I see myself failing as a mom. Um, I'm also disabled, which I think I just lost my disability. Um, but just most of all, I've just been stuck and I just don't seem to be going anywhere forward. I'm, now I'm, I feel like I'm, maybe I'm depressed now. I don't know uh, for sure wow. what's holding me back. Wow, Nikki, that's a lot. It's, a, it, it's understandable mm-hmm. that you might have those feelings too. Uh, Jim, let's start with you. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, uh, why are you still with him if he's still drinking? You, you have the background of understanding recovery. Mm-hmm. What, what is your reason? Do you need, is it a money reason? Is it a financial reason? Is it? Um, no. Um, I guess I just don't want to leave him behind. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, um, it just seems like he's been skipped over for everything in his life. That would have been one of those moments that, you know, intervention came in and, um, I mean, I love him, but mm-hmm. right. he's also kind of a loser right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Would he, again, I'm, I realize you're calling about you being stuck, but let me ask another question. Could you, could you say to him, unless you go get help, this is done? Kind of strong. I but. think that's where we're at. Yeah. Kinda, um, I had the last night was kind of a letdown and, mm-hmm. and then today, all he got out of my talking was that he didn't uh, start the vehicle so his windshield could defrost. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, boy, you are in so much denial. I mean, it's almost nothing, you know. Right, <laughs> right. Well, right. And remember, when they're still using, mm-hmm. you maybe remember this, is your brain doesn't process things quite right. 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 right? right. So he may not hear everything. He's not connecting all the dots. But I think the idea, even if you have a hard time saying, you know, we're done, I think letting him know this doesn't work for you. And it's really painful watching him do this to himself. And so you're going to have to take some steps to help yourself. Right. And you can even say, I don't want to leave you behind. But, But I know that I can't do it for you. And Nikki, so right. where is your support system? Because right now it isn't him. No. Um, oh, let's see. I go to Bible study. Good. Um, they're nice ladies. I don't know. I'm. I don't know for sure where my support system is. Okay. Are you working a program for your addiction? 
Um, well, the lady that lived here in our town, uh, we were doing Celebrate Recovery. Okay. And she moved away. Um, then the closest meeting of any kind uh, that's official or whatever is um, 40 miles away, which money's a problem. You're in um, Omaha. Omaha. Omaha should yeah. have plenty of meetings. I'm well, we have. Not it may not be oh, okay. CR, though, is what she's talking oh, about. Right. And, and Nikki, we can connect you with the Life Recovery Group too, even online. But yeah, go right. Ahead. So, so Nikki, and it so it sounds like even going to meetings, and I understand it's much easier to go with someone else than to go alone. Um, yeah. Right. But your recovery can't be dependent on the other people around you. And right. And it has to be that no matter what, at all costs, you are doing what you need to do for you first. Right. Because here you've got a son. And so, Mm -hmm. again, doing meetings online, if there is no CR or life recovery, then you do a regular 12 step meeting of any kind, even if it isn't your drug of choice. Right. You do what's available. Mm -hmm. And maybe you take your son to to Alateen. That would be amazing. If, right. Um, we actually actually live in a town of a population of about 600, wow. and we're 45 miles away from everything. Got yeah. It. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So your your best bet is maybe going to be online. Yeah. Doing online, online yeah. meetings, right? Or there's call-in phone meetings where nobody even has to see you, right? Yeah. And you listen Nikki, in. Nikki, how are you doing with your motivation? You mentioned feeling depressed. Yeah. And I know sometimes when we feel stuck, it can be overwhelming even to think about our suggestion yeah. to get online for a meeting. How are you feeling about that? Um, well, I look around my house and I can tell that something's definitely wrong with me. Yeah. Um, with my mobility, I did have some new things coming up with my legs. I got a problem now in my good foot. I need surgery. And then they want to cut out some infection on my bad leg that mm. got messed up in 2018. So... Mobility is a problem, uh, but um, more so than that, I think I'm definitely struggling um, with depression. Yeah. With depression. Yeah. Well, and so what happens in situations where it's overwhelming, we got to start somewhere. So you have you have a relationship with your medical doctor, I assume, because you're dealing with all of this. And yeah. and do and have you ever talked to that person about depression? Um, years ago. Okay. Well, maybe that's the first step because mm-hmm. you're, you're dealing with some medical issues and, you know, just, I, it's hard to know where to start. So you can start there. And I know it, it of course, it depends on what your history has been and how you feel about that. Cause I know that can create some anxiety as well, mm-hmm. but, but really and truly Nikki, we got to get you started in the right direction. We're going to get you uh, connected with an online life recovery group. That can be also a very good support. And um, I think that um, one step at a time, and like you said, Jill, getting support uh, for your son. Mm -hmm. And then as you move forward, you're going to get clarity of what to do with this relationship. And and so all of that kind of, but I love, I think it was you, Jill, or maybe Mm -hmm. it was you, Jim. Somebody said that you can let him know that it breaks your heart that Mm -hmm. this is what it is. Yeah. You know. Sure. So, um, any book that, uh, what would you suggest for Nikki? Uh, how about also take your life back? Mm-hmm. Okay. That'll be good. We'll send it to you, Nikki, and we'll get you connected. So hold on. 
and um, we'll get you connected to when even sometimes a counselor can be online. That's one of the good things yeah. that came out of the pandemic, yes. right? Is that counseling um, as well. When you're in a tiny town somewhere in the middle of America, and we hear that a lot. And I talk to my counselors who are in bigger cities. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how many people are in between those big cities that need some really good right. help. Yes. And I'm so right. grateful for those telehealth um, therapists, and we've got them in our network. Yeah. So we're glad that you called. Nikki, we'll be praying for you as well. We're going to go and talk with Kim, who's calling us from Dallas, listens on KWRD. Hello, Kim. How can we help you today? Hi. Are you able to hear me? We sure can. Okay. I'd like to talk and ask a question about, uh, I have a friend that is having a hard time disciplining her son. Her son is 10 years old and just basic communication. So if, in fact, we are on the phone together and having a conversation, he interrupts or, you know, falls out and just causes a lot of disruption. And she gets a lot of anxiety every time that happens and just hangs up the phone. And so when I talk to her about it, she just does not, doesn't know how to handle it. And I just want to know if you have any advice on how I can best help her through this situation. Okay. Jill, you want to start? Well, Kim, it's always difficult. And when you have young children, and 10, um, depending on maturity level, is still relatively young, that whenever (laughs) mom is occupied, that's when kids want the attention, right? And moms do get embarrassed because they feel like, oh, my kid's acting up, and what are people going to think, and I'm a bad mom. And so I think, um, and I do hear the music, so maybe we'll come back, but I think being a friend that is non-shaming and gives her permission um, to talk about it and invites that is perhaps a good place to start, and I will give you a little bit yeah we've got you can hear the music kim but we'll come back and we'll hear from jim but i love i love just what you presented there jill that the support can be so powerful because man you feel like you're fighting an uphill battle raising children sometimes especially when they start showing up like that (laughs) we'll be back after this break kim hold on um and you know if you do need help in these situations we want to offer um connections with a counselor or group We'll be back right after this talk with you. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You know, I have said this before, don't struggle alone. We are here for you. You can call us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 1 to 3 Eastern. Um, for the show, you can call 1-800-229-3000, or you can call us at 1-800-NEW-LIFE or go to newlife.com. We've got so many ways for you to get unstuck and to keep moving forward. Right now, we're talking with Kim, who is a good friend and trying to support yeah. a friend who's raising a 10-year-old boy, which can be challenging. Yeah. Um, Jill, did you have any more? Well, yeah, let me just finish with? real quick. So, Kim, I think, you know, speaking it out loud, because I... I I see lots of moms who really struggle with that and say, hey, you know, either you've been around kids or you understand that kids act up when mom's on the phone. How does that make her feel? And that, you know, from your end, she doesn't need to worry, right? That you don't think any less of her as a mom and that if she wants to talk about her frustration with her son, you'd love to listen. 
Okay. Uh, I have a couple, of, I, and I agree with her. And you know what? Sometimes she just needs somebody to listen. Listening is the language of love, and if yeah. you give her that, what a great friend you are. So you get the you get the new life friend award of, yeah. of, of, of the, the day. Of Jim's the, always giving out awards. Exactly. So Kim, <laughs> you get the friend award. Great friend. Um, you know, we're in Super Bowl season, right? And uh, so there's a playbook, and both teams have a playbook. And I find that a lot of times with disciplining our ten year old. Uh, they're going to, right? I mean, every kid does this with mm-hmm. the phone thing. Yeah. But, you know, there are some really good playbooks out there on discipline. And I almost don't care which one it is. You just choose uh, one that's out there and you kind of follow it. So Kathy and I chose a book that's very popular. It's called Parenting with Love and Logic. We got on the same page. We said, this is how we're going to, you know, discipline our kids. And discipline isn't just punishment. Discipline is, you know, help understand, them understanding boundaries and expectations and all that fun stuff. And okay. she, she literally may be at loss on what kind of a playbook to be on, mm-hmm. see. And, uh, and, you know, talk about parenting. We, you know, we learn so much from, you know, from things like that. So I would find, I would help her find, you know, something, some content that helps her to do two things. One is, has a plan because it doesn't sound like she really has a plan if she's going to hang up. Number two, I think it actually also, she'll read that and go, oh, I guess everybody has this issue. I'm not a horrible mom. You know, the mom guilt goes because, you know, everybody, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that, that happened. I'm now in grandchild world and I get on the phone and my grandchildren start bugging me. And I'm like, wait, your mother did this, you know, <laughs> your mothers, you know, because I have all daughters. So I think in a really good way, one of the ways you can help is just by listening, like they said. But I think you can also help her find content. There, there's great content well, on discipline. Well, that book you mentioned is yeah. a great oh, one. Parenting with Love and Logic is a great mm-hmm. book. There's there's a, a number of books that don't are kind of guilt-free and yet they have a plan. You put that plan into okay. place. And it helps them because you, the bottom line for a 10-year-old is you're trying to help them become a responsible adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're only 10, but to become a responsible adult means they have to begin to have some responsibility, like not bugging mom when she's well, on the right. phone. Right, and, and even setting it up ahead of time, yeah, right? Okay, all mom ahead of time. is getting on the phone. Here's what you're going to do while I'm on the yeah, phone. Yeah, and, and, and should you bother me? Yeah. Then there's going to be this consequence. Are you cool right. with that? Well, it's not. It's in the heat. It's not in the heat or of the battle. If you can sit through that, yeah. right? Yeah. And don't bug mom. Then yeah. we're going to do. This. Then we're going to read the story together. We're going to yeah. do this or that. Yeah. Exactly. So the playbook is a key when it comes to discipline. Is it? Is it 100 percent proof? No. Think about talking about football again. You know, they're changing the plays up in the middle of the you know the game, of course. But that that idea of having a plan, most parents parent by circumstance and chance and it just happens when really what they need is a is a plan and a purpose Mm -hmm. and and today we're very fortunate to have a lot of good plans out there yeah well kim we're so grateful that you called you're a good friend uh number one new life friend of the day we're going to send you a copy of how we love our kids and i think that that will help um your friend uh understand it's got some playbook uh you know ideas in there. But to that point, you know, um, Jim and Jill, I want to talk about just that whole parenting concept of um, literally parenting, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's happening um, before the event. So you were talking about the phone call. uh, You know, how do we set that up? Because I think a lot of times parents, we assume that this child is going to know how to behave mm-hmm. when a situation is going on. So, you know, like what would be, I mean, think about just, we talk about even curfews at uh, a teenage level. Mm-hmm. Well, how do they know that there's a curfew unless somebody says, okay, listen, yeah. 
We know well, that there's going to be things going on. So let's just talk about yeah. that particular process. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, go ahead. You go ahead. I think you have to start young with teaching limits, right? Mm-hmm. They have to learn that there are limits to things, right? And and it's so much easier if you start young saying no and setting them up this way than waiting. Exactly. And, you know, I think we teach responsibility also and character without crushing their spirit. So Mm -hmm. very quickly, you hand them a responsibility, not in the heat of the battle, but the responsibility is, hey, when I'm on the phone, I want you to be responsible and not be bugging me. Number two, if you choose to go against that, then here's the consequence. And, you know, I'm going to take your your phone away, or I'm going to take whatever it is, screen time away, or whatever it might be, and then give it right back to them. Say, now, let's try this again, because you're saying, I trust you. I'm going to try it again. And then if they do it again, then you're celebrating it. And if not, you're giving them a little bit stronger consequence. But what you're, you're not saying you're a rotten kid. You're saying, here's how we're going to do this. This is how this, is how this right. works. Here's what my expectation right. is. Because a lot of right. discipline is not giving kids expectations mm-hmm. beforehand. They really want to please mom and dad most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time, especially a 10-year-old. But we have, we have to give them that responsibility. But also, hey, life is filled with consequences, positive and negative. So, you know, here's a, here's a, negative, here's a negative consequence. Well, if you do it, then, hey, why don't we right after that, let's read a story. And then you don't pick up your phone when your friend calls. You Right. Or, well, or text them and thinking, say, call them back. I was thinking also along the lines of teaching manners. I know that that yeah. seems so like no, 1955, no. but literally, how are the kids it's supposed the to know? Of manners. Right. It's this is what we do at the table, and this is so. There's not literally a discipline. This is discipline, as in this is how we sit at the table. Yes. But it's there's not a consequence because it's this is how you function as a human being. Exactly. It's like you, Teaching when you, skills, when you talk right? to somebody. Yeah, right. Exactly. Joe, it's like when you talk to somebody, you look at them in the eyes, you shake hands, you know, firmly. Yeah. Those kind of skills yeah. really it's, you know, it's training, but it can make such a, an incredible experience as a parent. Mm-hmm. And I know that it doesn't happen all the time. I love that. You know, yeah. the Bible, one of the great Proverbs is, you know, train up a child in the way that they would go. Well, part of that would be how they have manners at the mm-hmm. dinner table. You know, I, my mom and dad, I was very fortunate. They sat me down and they said, this is what you do at a dinner table. And this is what this knife and fork is for and all that kind of stuff. And I thought it was the most boring, <laughs> terrible thing I, when I was seven. And you know what? I still appreciate it now because I know mm-hmm. what fork to use only because my mom told me at seven and uh, I'm surely probably blowing what they had expectations for, but that's a good thing to do. Well, that's a perfect illustration. You're, they, they train you. So we, how do we, right. our 10 year old doesn't understand if we just keep going, don't call, talk to me right now. Not that maybe they're even doing that, but it's better to train them. And well, uh, and let's face it. If, if every time he acts up, she gets off the phone. Yeah. He oh, wins her attention. She's trained him well. Right? He won. Yeah. She's trained absolutely. him well. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Big. It totally works. Mic drop. Yeah, he's winning. <laughs> I hear that all the time when I'm in a store and the child is crying and the mom will say, or the dad will say, if you don't stop, we're going to go home. Well, guess what? They want to go home. They don't want to be in yeah. the store. Right. And so right. <laughs> it's, it's funny how training is so powerful in all of our lives. Yeah. And whether it is in recovery, because that is a training, you know, we're retraining our emotions, our responses, or in parenting. We can help you along those lines. If you need help, please call us. We want to help you. 
experience life in the way that God has for you. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Jen. And thank you, listeners. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.